Society has held teenagers accountable to unrealistic standards. Oftentimes, we are told to only see things one of two ways, black or white. But what if the answers lie somewhere in the middle? We dare you to jump into the gray area. Welcome back to the Gray Area Podcast. My name is Erica. Hi, my name is Emily. And today we are on episode 16 of our podcast. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to lie to you guys. A lot of the episodes were filmed over the summer of our junior to senior year. Yes. And we're officially about a month into our senior year. Mm -hmm. And it has been a lot, especially for Erica. She's doing a lot. So we haven't really checked up on the podcast other than just uploading episodes that we've already edited and filmed. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until today, possibly only a day before we have to upload our 16th episode, that we realized we didn't have one. Yes. So (laughs) we had everything planned out for all 20 episodes, and um, the topic that we're choosing to focus on today is the legacy as a try-hard, quote-unquote. Wow, we think alike. (laughs) Anyway, and so we wanted to talk about this because both of us are known as tryhards, and we mentioned it in previous episodes, Um, and this is kind of like a different perspective. And we're talking like since elementary school. Oh, yes, for sure. We're going all the way back. And this is going to, we're going to make a lot of connections to a lot of previous topics we've talked about, I think, in this, um, including anxiety, which I'll get into later, but... Mm -hmm. I don't know. So, yeah, we're going to just jump right into it. Yeah, so for... Actually, you should start. I think you should start about, like, elementary school. Like, what was that like for you? So, basically, um, we're going to give you, like, a basis of what it's been like since elementary school, like we said. So, when I was in elementary school, um, kindergarten and first grade, I went to a charter public school, and then... We just didn't, we weren't really that big of a fan of the school. We had good teachers and everything, but the program itself was kind of weird, so we chose to switch to another school. And then at that school for one year, I was in the, quote, advanced group. So I was in that class, and I kind of got bullied by people in there, which is impactful at a young age. Yes, I've kind of talked about it a little bit, but not that much. But I got bullied when I went there, and then... I just wasn't doing well, like, confidence-wise at that school oh. and in the, that also, advanced program. Also, if you program. hear raining in the background, ignore that. It's like Oh, yes, it's like raining. pouring outside. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so then I switched to my last school in elementary, and I stayed there for three years, and I loved that school. It was my favorite one I went to, but I was not in the advanced program. And I'm not going to say the name of the advanced program that was at that last school, but there was one there that was, like, officially kind of, like, separating Like, a, the kids. a name for it and everything. Elementary yes. school, we're talking. There's, like, yeah. an accelerated program with a name but that basically I don't wanna, like, segregates it. kids yeah, based to on say their intelligence. Yes. But it's, like, a lot of times, though, like, this natural intelligence, sometimes it doesn't end up... Um, proving itself successful in the end because it's when they're older yes because sometimes harder workers end up doing better than those who are naturally intelligent I guess you could say so I was in the normal class quote normal classes um third fourth and fifth and I loved it because I was still like challenged by my teachers like my teachers would always give me the extra work that I needed but I also wasn't like 
around people that made it feel like a competitive environment all the mm -hmm. time. So it was beneficial for me, I think, to be in those classes. But I know Emily, for instance, she had kind of a different circumstance. Yeah. Like her, your school didn't have like a name for yeah. it, but there were still classes that separated the Absolutely. quote smart kids. And I'm using quotes just because what determines a smart kid is yes, still like subjective. a little bit of a disclaimer. It's like being a smart kid ranges like from what one person considers smart yeah. to another person because in my opinion I think a smart kid is the one that works hard yeah. and the one that puts in all their energy and you know like cares to the maximum like I don't know that's just my opinion but of course there's also the kids that don't try and they're still naturally smart mm -hmm. in certain things so anyway yeah, do you want to so kind of like go into yours with my elementary school I actually went to two as well I went to two different ones but for kindergarten through third grade I went to um a school where it wasn't as defined as like Erica's experience in a sense where we didn't have a set program but it was definitely obvious within classrooms and also within specific teachers so we were like in second grade which is how old seven eight Seven. So I'm grade. seven years old, surrounded by other seven-year-olds, and we're all discussing, I'm not kidding, I have vivid memories of all of us talking about, like, oh, you, did you hear so-and-so is in this teacher's class? Like, that's the dumb kid's class. But, like, good thing we're in this class, because, like, that's the we're smart the kid's ones. class. Yeah. Exactly. And it was always taught, like, if you didn't have this teacher, then you're not as smart as the rest of us, which is horrible, especially at such a young age. And the fact that they did it discreetly, but, like, not really is kind of disturbing to me because we were so young, and the fact that we were taught it was so important at such a young age is horrible, but um, a story I wanted to tell briefly, I have so many, I was talking to Erica about this earlier today, and yeah. things were just popping up in my brain that I'm pretty sure I just blocked out because I didn't really have a recollection of it until today, but I have a... Uh, vivid memory of sitting in my second grade class so I was probably like seven eight mm -hmm. and the teacher divided us up into groups to read these little like paperback books and basically just practicing like our lexile levels and stuff and she said like basically segregated our classroom into three different groups and everyone knew it was like the smart group the intermediate group and then like what she considered the lower level kids based on their reading and how high of a level they could read, whatever, whether that's vocabulary, I don't even know what she based it off of, but it happened. And I remember going home to my mom and being like, oh, mom, I got put in like the okay. highest group, but so-and-so got put in the quote unquote low group. And I don't know how to feel. It's just really weird. I don't, I was just really confused because I didn't understand why we couldn't just all read as a class. It's like being in the, like, I keep saying quote unquote, because I don't want people to think that I'm like, acting like, like we're better contributing to it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't want to, I don't agree with this at all, but I'm just going to stop saying quote unquote for the yeah. sake of annoying you guys. But, um, I was meaning like, there's enough to have an advanced class, let alone advanced groups within that advanced class. So it was just competition on top of competition when we're so young. And it was like that all the way from first grade to, can or to third grade. It's always been that way. Mm -hmm. And it only got worse in middle school, but we'll get to that yeah, later. Yeah. But that's like 
just a kind brief. of yeah and I think that's important to note that both of us have had experiences so young with kind of being told like if you want to be the best you have to be book smart like I think that's a good term to use yes. it's like book smart like not even just not smart even, in like, general street because smart. that can be anything like, yeah, you can be smart sure. in anything but they're particularly meaning reading math writing social studies be smart in those four subjects and you're considered better yeah and it was also, when I kind of think back, because we both went to the same middle school. Yeah. I remember in eighth grade, um, once again, not going to throw any names in there or anything like that, but we had a teacher and we had this topic, like, of choice one day in our English class. And our teacher was basically telling us we're competition against each other. Oh, absolutely. And the thing that's kind of crazy now that I finally began to realize is it is so true. It oh. is, like, scary accurate what yes. he was saying. Yeah. But even telling us that at such a young age, it made Horrible. all of us have the mindset of, like, we need to be the best yeah. in every single thing we do to the point where we all end up burning out. Mm -hmm. And I think this year I've noticed it the most just because... Someone told me when I was, when I've begun, like, applying for colleges and all stuff, all that stuff, they basically said that when you're applying to somewhere like, I don't know, University of Florida, for example, mm -hmm. if you're applying there, they're going to be looking at the people who are also applying there from your school, meaning your friends, mm -hmm. because it's likely the people that you're going to be with are going to be the kids that are applying there, mm -hmm. like, that's just my assumption. So, like, to even think about the fact that, like, I'm going to be technically going against Emily. Absolutely. To get into University of Florida is crazy because we're very, like, we're both, like, hardworking students and we have different strengths and weaknesses in certain things. But yet here we are still getting compared like we're the same person. Mm -hmm. Like, it is not fair in the slightest bit, in my opinion. And I think it all, like, connects back to the elementary school days, though, when we were first kind of told, like, hey, listen, like, that's the group of smart kids, you're not in it, get over it. Yeah. And I was in that group, technically, like, the last few years. Um, and that kind of also connects to, like, in elementary school, I remember, like, this very vividly because it was a big deal for me at the time. But I did care a lot about school, and I put in all my efforts even when I was younger. I was just kind of raised to do that, which I'm very lucky and grateful for. But I remember, like, the kids in the advanced program literally used to say, like, horrible things about me because they knew that, yes, I was a hardworking student and I cared a lot. And, you know, like, I was kind of, I guess you could say, like, I could do what they could do. It was kind of like their motivation to almost like bring me down mm -hmm. to make themselves feel better. And it's like the fact that like parents or the education system let that happen at such a young age. Yeah. It's almost like who is like, yeah. like what? I don't even well, know how to say it. Like I'm also, not trying to throw shade at no, our entire yeah. education system, but it's also like, come on. Like we were taught that well, and here's the at thing. the age of like what, six? Here's the thing. It's crazy. I feel like classes is okay in my opinion like if you want to do a whole class of said higher um level students that's fine but when it comes to blatant situations where kids it's not that hard to hide things from seven-year-olds do you understand what i'm trying to say yes, 100%. like can you at least keep it in some form of a discreet manner that i don't know what's going on here's another story so that we can't go around and brag exactly to the other here's another kids. story like, hey, i have a memory of my first grade, so now we're what? Eight, nine. First grade, I walk into my class. You mean fourth? No. Oh, wait. First grade, six. 
Oh wait, you're right. If this is earlier than my than my um than my book story, so it's actually than my reading story. I mean, so it's earlier than that, which means I was six years old, which is insane. <laughs> that is crazy, and I have vivid memories. Ask my mother; she's a, a supporter of me of this situation. So we had to write a book. And I'm sure a lot of people have done that. A simple book, you know, whatever, little words, draw some pictures, call it a day, read it to the class, fantastic. However, I remember my teacher going, okay, this group, she like picked out a group of students, this group, you're going to write 15 pages. And this group, you're going to write 20 pages. And it was obvious that she was deciding between those two groups and the limits or the minimums we had to write because she thought that one group could handle writing more because we were quote unquote better writers while the other group had a lower minimum to kind of fit their, I guess, level of writing, which is ridiculous. If anything, you can do a medium. You can pull the kids aside and say, hey, I want you to write this much, maybe in private. But the fact that that was being said out loud. And it wasn't like hidden. It wasn't hidden. That's what I'm saying. Like, at least try and keep it, like, at such a young age, it's so impressionable. And the fact that I remember that is so upsetting. Because I would want to remember anything else. I would have loved to just remember writing that book and having a great time and, you know, drawing and coloring those pictures. Like, you should just be coloring in first grade. Yeah. You should not be worrying about what kids get a higher page count because you're smarter. Like, no, that's, that's ridiculous. Crazy. And that has built all the way up into middle school, all the way up into high school. Yeah. And it's scary how much of an impact it's had. And I think it also results on things outside of academics. I was about to meaning say Meaning, like, friendships. Because we have another Ooh. point on here that we want to talk about that and bef- can start with. Yeah, so before we kind of get into that, I also wanted to add on to what you said. Like, I had an experience, too. Yeah. I vividly remember where we had books, and we were doing this huge book project. And they split us up into the kids that couldn't read as well. Mm-hmm. The kids that were middle, and the kids that were high. And yeah. I was in the high. And I remember we were... I'm sorry Sorry. about that. We were separated, though, based off of, like, our Lexile level, which is okay to an extent, I guess, because we're all at different levels, which is okay, but the problem there was... you could at least read in a group and assign different Lexile groups. Like, you don't have to put the groups that are all... I don't even remember Like, only keep them together and then make them kind of become friends, make another group become friends. Like, intermingle. Yes. (laughs) And then, like, fifth grade, I was in another group where we were the more, quote, advanced... Mm -hmm. And we were put to do this debate, and there were three of us in the group. Mm-hmm. That was it. it. There was three. Like, what the heck? That is not fair yeah. in the slightest bit yeah. to anyone else, because no one else was doing a debate. They were all doing different projects that, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't really think that's really fair to yeah. do to elementary schoolers. But anyway, yeah. so I'm going to kind of move into the next topic of... How that affected our friendships. And or also our social perceptions life. of us, yes. basically. So... Um, I think the big thing that I want to mention is superiority complexes. And this is coming from people who will admit, I will admit this, that there was a point in time where I used to have this belief, and I'm sure a lot of AP, any, like, kids that have done honors can attest to this, that whether or not they admit it, there was some form of, like, feeling like they're better or, like, more highly achieved than other kids who weren't in those classes. Yeah. But over the time... 
of high school and everything, I had an understanding that it's not all about the amount of AP or honors classes yeah. you take. Because guess what? There's so many kids that are so intelligent and good at so many different things, yeah. and they don't need to be... Whether that's academically yeah. with, like, um, more, like, trade school skills, anything like that. You don't that. need to yeah. be, like, an A student to be considered smart. a smarter or better. Yeah. And that's and not even of- smart, just, like successful in some way yeah because we've all been told you have to go to college and you have to do this route of life to be successful Mm -hmm. but the reality is that's just not what it's about I think anymore and I think people need to recognize that because I I don't know like in middle school I think specifically it was probably when things began to really distance between the regular quote regular yeah and the advanced because we had a set program in middle school yeah which is okay because we're getting into like experience with the like program program. like I'm talking application essay recommendations to get into this program and we attend like college almost like national honor society (laughs) yes it was very extra school but anyway so when we did like imagine filling out an application and essay and teacher recommendations for seventh graders yeah like we're applying to mini college basically I know it's crazy and not to mention the fact too that I don't know like I just think about I don't know I've been thinking about this a lot just because I think it's impacted our lives in a huge way yeah and just to give some reference to why we're talking about this I actually talked to someone who mentioned how divided oh, yeah, this we are is what I went and talked about so yeah I feel like a lot of out from the outside perspective it's very easy to look at us especially when we're younger and kids don't really like to open up their socialize or actually talk to quote-unquote the other side you know what I mean like they don't want to go up to us and be like oh hey you're in this advanced program like how what do you think about us whatever but a lot of times other people that don't really get to that aren't in your same classes or that aren't friends with you can kind of perceive the more advanced group as, like... Stuck up and, like... Yeah, as not wanting to associate with them or we think lesser of them. And especially in middle school, you know, young kids, drama is, like, everywhere, gossip is everywhere. But see, We've like... We've been told that we seemed either judgmental or we seemed like we didn't really want to associate with anyone that wasn't in our classes or that wasn't, like, as smart as us. And I totally understand how that can be, like, perceived. And even at one point, we've said that it was kind of just, like, taught and, like, engraved in our minds that, like, you are better if you're doing better in school. And that came off on, like, our friendships, basically. And over time, like, as we've grown to be our own human with our own brain and our own opinions... And people have actually started opening up to us and we're willing to have conversations with people outside of... Their group. Yeah, outside of, like, our little accelerated program or whatever. They've actually started saying and talking to us about, like, real opinions they've had of us when we were younger. Like, yeah, you guys used to seem really, like, unapproachable and just kind of judgy. And, and like, here's which is the so truth. upsetting. It's upsetting, but it's also, like, I'm gonna admit to it, I think a part of it's the truth. Yeah, it is. And that's, like, the crazy part is because a part of it, I guess, is in our power to change, which we have. Yeah. As students, I think a lot of kids have changed, but you can also see Especially the ones as that... as you grow older. 
as you grow older, you start to understand that it's not all about school. Yeah. And even if your but priorities... But I know you're going this, you're saying some of it was out of our control because it wasn't. Yeah, like, it was. Yeah. A lot of it was out of our control, though, I think. And I'm not trying to, like, not take responsibility, yeah. but it's like... Like, well, we how, what else are you going to do when you're so young? Like, we didn't know. Yeah, we didn't realize, like, the impacts, yeah. I guess. And I don't know. And I'm going to even say this still. Like, you can tell still... That there are kids who do think they're better because of the classes oh, they take and everything. Oh, still now, 100%. And it's kind of sad because... Well, keep going. Sorry, I have, oh, a, okay. I have a good point to add. It's sad a little bit because it's like, that's not how the real wor world works. It's not like you're going to go back and you're going to be like, yeah, I took all AP classes in high school. What did you do? Like, oh, you, you bring that up, you peaked in high school. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, what the heck? No, you should not be flexing that. At all, let alone when you graduate high school. That's yeah, kind and of like embarrassing. That's a, it's kind of like a little bit like it's, we don't, I don't care. Know, yeah, it's a little bit kind of like upsetting I hear I about guess. like your internships. Your you know like that's what I want to hear when you're in college, not like, like when you what grow you did in high school. Like yeah. no one, you know, that's in the past. What I was gonna say is, I think it shows your true level of not only intelligence but also awareness. When you're, let's say, 12th grade, you're a senior, and you can recognize that just because I am in these AP classes doesn't mean that someone in a lower level isn't as, or cannot be as successful as I can be in the future. And I think a lot of times it's the kids who, I don't know, maybe use the, like, are, I don't know how to say this, hmm. but are just... I guess they claim, like, they put on this persona that they are very smart uh -huh. in terms of, like, vocab or, you know what I mean? Like, yes. they just put up a... Okay, so basically what you're trying to say is, like, some of the advanced kids also put up a persona, kind of, that yeah. they're smart. And that is also, like... And this I feel is like those are the people that actually believe that, okay, if I sound smarter, then I everyone will think I'm better. Does that make sense? Yes, I understand. And I think, and that is, like, why there's probably a stereotype with a lot of the advanced kids. It's yeah. because some kids never grow out of, yeah. like, these, like, middle school-like tendencies. Mm -hmm. um, but, I don't know, it's just kind of crazy to think about a little bit. Back to, like, the persona idea, I think... Um, something that I remember, like, some people saying, and I just think it's crazy that this is kind of, like, a perspective of some. I remember one time someone was talking about how they were, like, I do all these APs and stuff, and they posted this, and then they were, like, how does, how do people, like, what is it called? How do people not do APs? How do people not do clubs and everything? And... You know, like, how do they only do, like, one AP like I do, like, six? You know what I mean? And it was kind of, like, this comparative attitude. And to me, I just think it's, like, kind of messed up to say because you don't know what goes on in someone's personal life. Yeah. You don't know, like, the certain challenges they're facing, like, within their own life and the struggles they're going through. So how is it anyone else's right to say, oh, you're not as smart because you're not taking as many APs? Because I know a lot of kids who just might not want to put in the effort to those classes in high school, if they have the ability to, I don't know, like, act like a teenager now rather than later on. Yeah. And it's just kind of, like, weird to me, like, just, like, the mindset that a lot mm. of people still manage to have. I don't know. Oh, I'm holding fake flowers, guys. <laughs> I was like, where did those come from? Anyway. Yeah, I was going to talk about also what I think um, this experience as a young lad <laughs> has had on me. 
as far as like my weaknesses as a person because I think one of my biggest weaknesses is my lack of self-confidence and yeah. I have struggled with that in every aspect of life school sports you name it driving socializing anything that's skill related I will tell you I'm horrible at it because I I am not comfortable with saying that I'm mediocre at best you understand, like, it is a problem for me. It's and it's kind of like the perfection thing yeah, that I feel it's like we really, mentioned before. It, yeah, so I was talking with a friend who's actually a year younger than me, and um, they are the exact opposite of me. They are extremely confident in all of their answers. They're always, um, I don't know, just very upfront with how they think they're going to do in school purposes I'm not talking about like in life in general because I only really talked to them about school but they were just saying like oh yeah um, I'm gonna do well on this test or I know I nailed the homework or if we do like any exercises where we have to show our answers they're always like super confident mm-hmm. and as for me it's little things like that where I'm like oh I'm gonna wait for someone else to put up their board so that I can make sure mine's right because I'm not confident in that answer and they were just kind of asking me like why aren't you you know, like, more eager to show your answer, put your answer up first, that way, like, people see that you actually got the answer right first, mm-hmm. and it was kind of, like, brought to In my realization way, almost that this is, could be completely false, but this is just me bringing it up for, um, what funsies, because I think it's something that's interesting, is I feel like our generation specifically, and when I say generation, I mean, like, our senior class, there are a few exceptions, but I feel like a, gr- a majority of us are have like a, a tendency to not be as confident, if that makes sense. I don't or, know. No, I 100% agree. I think our wait, class... Wait, hold on. Let me finish. Oh, okay. And sorry. then one, the year below us, the exact opposite. Extremely confident, wants to show like, you know what I mean? I don't know. I just found that with our classes especially... And I don't know if it's the same with you guys, but I feel like ever since I, like this one class I had, there's a lot of juniors in my class and they're all like so eager to show how well they did before they even got their results back. And that blows my mind that between that one year difference, I don't know what happened to the rest of us. Like, I don't know what happened to us, whether there's there's something in our milk or something, (laughs) but it was like, I don't know. It's just weird to me. It's crazy. It was actually those juniors that she's referring to, because we're now back in school, they were talking about class rank, and class rank is a big deal for certain kids, like, if they've worked really hard and all of that. I'm not going to really get into that specifically, but more of the fact that we were in our calculus class, and everyone just started randomly asking each other what their class ranks were, and for me, I'm not... I personally don't really want to share that information if I don't have to because I've kind of been taught to, like, I don't know, like, keep that stuff to myself. Like, it's no one else's business. I feel kind of, like, uncomfortable, like, giving out that information a little bit. Like, I don't really want to share that because I feel like I've always been kind of brought down by some of, like, these programs and the people that I've been around in the past 
who have told me, like, I'm not as good as them. Yeah. And that group's different, I guess, because they all say that they're better than each other, but they're still, like, hitting each other with that comparisons and Definitely. all that. Definitely. And oh, it reminds me of, like... a huge problem. I was going to say, it reminds me a little bit of middle school, of what some of the juniors do, because I used to do that in middle school. And I will say it, I think that was probably one of the biggest confidence breakers for me mm-hmm. ever. It was in middle school, because I used to have... Um, comparisons all the time and it was things as simple as I went to this math competition in middle school and I wasn't as good in math as some of my friends I have to work a bit harder in math Um, I still was like good at it but I wasn't as good as some people Mm -hmm. and the fact that I'm even saying as good as others is like proving my point right now yeah um, because we literally all checked on this test we got at this competition and we all checked, and I got, like, a certain place, and then some of my other friends got higher places, like, better placements than I did. And even though it's things as small as that, it's, like, being around people who might be smarter than you or equally as smart as you, it creates this competition and want and drive to do better, but it's also kind of, like, damaging to your mental Definitely. health a little bit. And well, I think there's a certain point where healthy competition, like a borderline between healthy competition and toxic competition. Oh, no, that's like hard. a fine line that and you have to figure out, I guess. Harry Styles said it himself. Yes. But I was going to say, too, at that point, in my opinion at least, in high school, I think it's very hard for the education system to prevent that from happening because... That's when, like, what do you, class rank is a necessity at this point. Like, colleges ask for that. It's a requirement. There's nothing they can do to it's prevent It's just a kids. natural, and that's SAT everywhere. is another example. Oh, it's a numerical horrible. value. It can be easily compared. Like, at that point, I don't think that there's anything that can be done. However, I do think that the system in lower grades, especially elementary school, can help teach people by the time they get to high school, maybe don't share those numerical values with everyone around you because that can really affect other people. So I'm not saying to get rid of those comparisons in high school because I understand that they're necessary. That's natural. But I'm saying maybe fix it in lower um, grades when you're literally seven years old and you're getting absolutely zero college prep from that. No one is preparing for college in first, second grade. Like that is absolutely like just ludicrous. It's insane. And I think that if those little, um, I don't want to say mistakes, but whatever, they could be handled a little bit better. And maybe that could have, you know, made our entire class as a whole, better prepared for high school and better prepared to understand that, hey, just because my number is 10 or so points higher than this person's number doesn't doesn't mean that I'm better. And that is a moral care. That is a character aspect that people need to develop. And I think that it is elementary school and middle school's job to aid that. And if not aid it, then don't touch it at all. But do not worsen it. Do not contribute to the problem. Yeah, you know I what I mean? Like, I think also something else, too, is, like you said about the confidence thing. Yeah. It's, I think the one thing that I've noticed, like, with our class, like you said, was it was a confidence, confidence, lose, I guess you were losing confidence from other people. Yeah. Because it wasn't even, like, necessarily, like, 
the classes anymore at that point. It was more of the fact that it's like, like I said, I was around people who might have been better than me in certain things. And it literally, I'm not kidding you, in the friend groups I was in in middle school and all of that, it was straight up like, what did you get on the test? Oh, you did worse than me? Wow, like you're not as good as Uh me. So then it created mental blocks. And I know that it was for a lot of people, and I'm sure many people can like agree with me on this. But there's been some point in your life where you maybe had a mental block in something, whether that's athletics, academics, in a club, in doing a certain activity, in, I don't know, achieving something, an instrument, anything. There is going to be a mental block you reach in your life. And I think I've come across several mental blocks academically before due to the fact that we were told that we always had to be perfect in the sense Mm -hmm. of our grades and that we had to be the top of everything and the reality is you can't do that I think I learned that the most from athletics but it's like the fact that that was kind of our mindset since the get-go is a little bit ludicrous in my opinion and it was toxic and then also to like kind of add on to that It's like overthinking as well. Mm -hmm. From the time I was younger, I used to overthink every single answer. I was literally doing my common app earlier. Yeah, I was doing from confidence as far as like test taking. Yeah, it's horrid. It's torturous. I was gonna say my common app. I was doing common app earlier for college, and I was literally overthinking every little bit of it because I'm just so like. I'm like a perfectionist and I want to like focus down every little detail and I know a lot of kids are like that who were in these advanced classes when they were younger because they were told you have to do it this way to be a successful. Yeah. So now it creates trust issues within yourself. (laughs) Oh, 100%. Like the overthinking was crazy. Even when I was younger. Yeah. My teacher told me that the one thing that always got me like on any test was me overthinking every single response. Until it didn't even make sense to me anymore. Yeah. Which is crazy because why is a why am I a younger kid overthinking to the point where I don't even know yeah. an answer? Like two plus two. <laughs> like literally Like that's what we're learning in these But times. like here we are and they're telling us you need to get this answer yeah. right or you're going to fail. And maybe that's also a part partly like due to parenting. I'm sure it is. Some parents might just instill in their kids also, that they need to do well in things. Yeah. But it's like... What I want to point out, too, crazy. is I feel like a couple hun- a couple hundred, what the, like 20, 30, 40 years ago, I think, I don't know if this is the correct word, but niches, is that like niche. a word? It's niche. niche. It's niche. But plural, is it? niches it's niches i I don't know anyways i feel like those were more common back then in the sense of um oh the pick your route does that make sense like if you want to be whatever a teacher or something no that's a bad example if you want to be a math major make sure you focus on your math if you want to be an english teacher make sure that you join journalism or something now I feel like it's grown and been magnified hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of times because there are YouTube videos on how to get into college, TikToks on how to get into college, and they're all about being all around a great character. So if you want to be a math major, make sure that your English, history, science, and math are all equally as good. Yeah. And make sure that you're in all clubs that show all different types of leadership. And but I think of course, that that, have the main focus in STEM. Sure, still. yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And I feel like it's kind of insane to think that 
there's it's basically like you can't have any weaknesses does that make sense yes and I feel like that's what causes the insecurities of so many is because they're like okay I'm confident in this and I want to major in this so I'm gonna focus on that and that's what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life or that's what I want to do as a career but then that's not even the stressor because you like I've got that down I feel like the stressor is when you're like okay, but I need to make sure that my history grade is just as good or no college is going to accept me or I'm not, they're not, they're going to see that I'm not as smart as I could be or I'm not as well-rounded is the term that so many people love to use. And they're saying, I 100% agree because they're, they always say like, I've like watched videos on this before and they're now changing their approach a little bit for it to be L-shaped. Basically L-shaped within college, like specifically for Ivy Leagues, I think, L-shape means that your focus is on one branch going Mm -hmm. into what you want, but they used to have it as a T-shape, and a T-shape was making sure you were, like, a leader in National Honor Society, but you were also, like, a part of the Mu Alpha Theta if you were Mm -hmm. going into a math major, for example, and it's very true because they don't look at your GPA as oh, like, your GPA is divided into the classes you took. They look at it as one cumulative GPA across all four years, and they put one defined number across all four years. Well, maybe one year you had, you were going through some, um, like, mental illness or something like that. Or one year, like, a family issue. Like, the fact that it's all defined by a number is the craziest thing to me because that's just very objective, when the reality is our lives are subjective. Yeah. Every single thing we do is a personal experience. So, for example, I made... I'm trying to think. We made this podcast this summer. Yep. When we chose to make this podcast, this wasn't simply just to put it on a college application, which is what some people might Many think. Many people. Many people, I'm Majority, sure. Majority, probably. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, a kid literally said to us when we were doing an interview before... Fluff. It was fluff. That's and that it term. was... It was an add-on for college, and I'm like, do you Which, not... Which, for that, we should do three episodes and call it a day. Oh, yeah. Or like, not, we're not inter- interview people at all, or, like, put minimum effort. But I promise you we put in all the all effort we can yeah. into this, because we care a lot about this. Even if we only had one person listening... And we like to do it, too. Yes, like, it's something that's, that's fun. Honestly, and both of us are talkative, as you've seen, and we're passionate about what we're talking about. We're not here just to, like, make a dumb point for, like, ten minutes and then go on. Like, like finish with a good old Pinterest quote that everyone and their mother knows. No, like, we want to make a (laughs) message here in every single episode. So it's kind of, like, crazy to me that something that we do and that we're truly passionate about and we care about so so much can be limited down to oh you're just doing it for college yeah you need to start thinking outside of the picture of oh just do it for college and what other people think because I don't know like I'm sure many kids have this secret feeling of I feel like I'm not enough and it's partially due to the education system due to their home life due to everything in between but Regardless, I think that's kind of like a message we're trying to portray today. I, I guess also you can think say. that if you're so worried about what everyone else thinks, you're only going to be doing a disservice to yourself. And yeah. what I mean by that is if you take the time to partake in a club that you hate and that you don't even like it and you despise going there, and but yeah, here you are being a freaking main member. And I feel something. like you're wasting your time, and mm-hmm. you can use that time to find something else that you may love. Mm-hmm. And if you don't drop that club or activity and take that, 
if you don't drop that club, period, then you might be kind of wasting an opportunity to find something that you really do enjoy and that could be a huge part in your future. So yeah. I feel like if you're just doing, let's say, student government, because I feel like most schools have that. Student if you join common. as a yeah, if you join as a general member and you're like, I don't really care about, you know, our student body that much. Like, that sounds horrible, but if it's your truth, it's your truth. Go join something else. Go start your own club that you're really passionate about. If anything, that looks better than you being a general member of some club you don't even care about. And it's going to show in later on in life. I'm not saying that it's going to show in a college application because the bottom line is it won't. It's going to look the same in words on paper as someone that really does enjoy the club. But I'm saying later on when you're trying to find something that you want to do and you think back to high school and think, oh, I want to be involved in politics because I really loved SGA. Oh, just kidding. I actually hated it, so maybe I shouldn't go into politics. But what I do love is journalism. Too bad I didn't... This is really specific to Erica. I just realized I'm not basing this off of her. It's just what came to my mind. <laughs> but if you say, I actually really like journalism, but I wasted my entire high school career and I didn't find time to incorporate journalism in there, so now I don't know what to do. Like, I'm just saying make sure not to waste your time in high school on doing things that you find will get the approval of others instead of what you 100%. actually want to do for yourself. Because at that point, you're just wasting it's your own waste. time. It's like, so this is a personal example, like Technology Student Association. I love that club so much. And I don't think I'm going to go into a STEM field. Yeah. So I'm sure some people are like, why are you even doing the club then? What is the value of you doing it? Mm -hmm. But it's like TSA to me is more than just participating in it for a STEM-based, mm -hmm. like, event or career. It's because I get to do research, which connects to a lot of different things I'm considering going into. It connects to doing public speaking. It mm -hmm. connects to doing a leadership position. And putting in all my passion and effort into something I genuinely care about um, and to a club that I think matters to me. So even if a college might be like, oh, why is she in this club? Mm -hmm. If I'm choosing to put my effort into if it. anything, that shows that you actually care about it because it's not really contributing to your major. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know what you mean. And it's like a passion of mine, but I'm sure some people are like, why is she even in it if she's not going into yeah. a certain field or a set field, for example? But you know what? Like, that's kind of what we need to kind of, like, recognize is mm -hmm. the fact that everyone has their own experiences and everyone has their own life, okay? Like, yeah. let's get past that. Let's get to the point of it here. Like, we all have our own lives, and a college application doesn't really define who you are as a person necessarily, as long as you're being honest with yourself on what you want. Yeah. Also, something and, I really wanted to talk about is... I feel like the heat that you take for being a tryhard is should be acknowledged because I think it's I mean it's funny to me now but I think it can like really impact some people in like negative ways. And oh my gosh! What I mean is <laughs> like when you're in a class with let's say people that you usually don't have like honors classes with, whether that's like an elective or whatever the circumstance. Um, a lot of the times you can kind of be known as like, oh, you're the try hard or like you're the sweat of the class or like, and they kind of like, wow, use. imagine actually trying in school. Like I don't even study or whatever. Like they kind of use it against you. And I know that I've been in that situation multiple times yeah. 
you'll get the text like every night, oh, can you do my homework? You'd like to try hard, like I know you'll do it for me, or like, can you send me the answers? Kind of being taken advantage of and made fun of as, you know, a quote unquote try hard. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's probably prevalent in a lot of people, um, in a lot of people's, I guess, stories of high school. So I don't know, I just kind of wanted to talk about that and my personal experience with it because I honestly don't think it's affected me that much, thankfully. But I just want to recognize speak to that any that of those that, yeah, that if it has affected you, to just focus on yourself. Clearly, those people have other things going on that they're not sharing with you, and that that's the only reason that they are kind of making those mean remarks to you. And if the biggest thing someone has to make fun of you is that you're doing well in school, you're doing something right. Yeah. There's so many worse things that you can be getting made fun of for if you even want to call that being made fun of and I think that you should almost not take pride in it but see I guess the positive side and that at least people are are acknowledging my hard work and you know I'm just going to continue to keep doing what I want to do because those people are not nice (laughs) (laughs) and I don't know I, I just I think there's someone out there that would like to hear that I think something else... Um, and we're alive. That's very true. <laughs> so, I always mention TikTok, but it's a huge part of oh, our lives right now, especially as teenagers. Anyway, so a topic that was mentioned was to do with um, the burnout idea, I guess. And I mentioned this before that junior year was probably my burnout year. And now that I'm going into my senior year, I've kind of, like, recognized that I'm still working just as hard as I was before, but I just kind of feel like there's, like, been a lot of pressure, and ever since COVID's, like, not ended, but the quarantine has ended, I've kind of began to recognize that what I do is a lot, and that sometimes, you know, like, the pressure that I put on myself is not realistically what most people put on themselves Mm -hmm. in the circumstances of school, and I recognize now that that was partially due to, like, previous experiences of being in advanced programs and all that, and I think a huge problem of mine, which I will openly admit, is the perfection thing, Um, but also, like, never feeling like what I'm doing is ever going to be good enough for anyone, Mm -hmm. and I... I think that's common for a lot of people, but anyway, I don't know. I just have been, like, going through that struggle right now where I'm trying to figure out, like, how to, like, recognize that, like, I'm working hard and I should work hard, but I also need to, like, balance out, like, being social with people Mm -hmm. and, Having actual fun. And, like, having fun, I guess you can say. So, kind of, like, recognizing that, I guess, if you're a, quote, try hard is important, do it sooner rather than later so that you don't feel like all your efforts kind of been put into school Mm -hmm. and that's like all you have yeah really I guess you can say be a try hard in your friendships too oh yes I mean yeah it's just so make sure that if you're a try hard you're a try hard in things other than school because care about yeah you need to care just as important I was gonna say that especially like relationships could be huge in your future that you have no idea you know how great it's going to be when Erica is, like, a member in, pol- in like, federal politics, oh and I'm going to know her? That's going to be incredible, and I'm proud of that. So, <laughs> choose your friends wisely, 
and make sure that you invest in, I mean, I guess, people that have networking, even though it's not that serious. Oh, I was almost going to say, just invest your time into people that actually, like, care about you and take yeah. the time to, like, help and you. And support you. And support you, because, um, you. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's, like, really important, especially in high school when you're doing so much and you're so focused on your future. Also take the time to, like, hang out with your friends and invest your time into them as well. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to wrap up um, with a conclusion, and we call this the gray area, so let's let's jump jump into into the gray gray area. area. So in the gray area, we come to a small little consensus about everything we talked about, try and make... Um, I guess a lesson out of it all and give you just one final remark to take away from this episode. Yeah, so I think the remark for today is not to focus on if you're a tryhard or not, yeah. but it's to almost like kind of be mindful, I guess, of like the school system and be yeah. mindful of the circumstances you're given and how they can impact you. Yeah. And I kind of think our like underlying message belo- like beside that is like have empathy for other people. Mm-hmm. Because everyone's life is different, and we all need to, like, kind of learn how to try to grow out of, like, our middle school phase of judging each other and grouping each other into different categories based off, like, things like classes or clubs or sports or anything like that. And we kind of need to, like, break that barrier down. Easier said than done, but I think that it's something we need to kind of, like, acknowledge is that we are people, and people do judge And also, I think that if you're a huge competition person and you find school competitive, that's great. It could be a great source of motivation, but your biggest competitor should be yourself, and you should be constantly trying to work harder than what you did last quarter or last year, and that's uh, the best way to look at it, like, for me, other than, like, your classmates, because that can get a little um, toxic. (laughs) So, yeah, I would say just keep trying to get better yourself as opposed to comparisons to your peers because that gets a little like that's suspicious (laughs) as the kids would say for sure (laughs) and don't impose don't impose your own insecurities upon other people which might connect a bit to bullying but it's also very prevalent Mm -hmm. like with like all the pressures that were faced in society and like a remark to make is the fact that I've noticed like kindergartners are doing so much more work mm-hmm. and so much more like dedicated like time into like improving their reading or doing more advanced math at when a young were, age. Like, coloring. Yeah, when we were coloring. So like that's almost crazy to think about. Like I didn't learn how to read until I was five years old and now the expectation is to learn when you're two years old minimum. So the standard is getting higher and higher and to recognize that but also kind of embrace that there are going to be like hardships in school and all of that yeah. and still being mindful of others I think that's what it kind of comes down to in the end Definitely. so yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's it pretty much it yeah hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode I know this might have been different for some people because talking about being a try hard is a little bit weird to talk about yeah. I guess 
but I don't know. We just kind of wanted to like recognize our Share perspectives. Our experiences. Yeah, and kind of like tell you guys about like the burnout, the realizations we've made, the dots yes, we've connected. For sure. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it, and yeah. you follow our Instagram at grayarea.podcast with an A. Yep. DM us if you want. We'd love to hear from you guys, and yes. we will see you next Monday. Yeah. Bye. Bye.